0: Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Caustic Content, the show where two dear friends torture each other by trying to find the absolute worst thing streaming on the internet. Uh, I'm Steve, and joining me as always, I've got Adam Myros with me. Myros, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right.
2: I'm doing all right. We've had worse weeks, but uh, (laughs) it's, I don't know. The whole process, Steve, this process, it it gets to you.
1: Every week is mentally and emotionally taxing in a different way. (laughs) And uh, back again, because he still hasn't, uh, I guess, hunted us down and killed us, so he doesn't have to do the show anymore. Stephen Coleman is with us. Mr. Coleman, how you doing? I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> just 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 fine this week. <laughs> we didn't completely break you. No, this wasn't. Well, you know, you know. I mean, do, do you do you want to do do you, you want to watch Sex Pod again? Do you think we should do like a like a reviewing of some of your favorites?
0: I, you know, I think uh, Sex Pot and Nasty Nels would be a good double feature.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, so many options here. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh strip club massacre what, what was that i always forget the name of it the one with the the dirty butthole in it
0: strip club slasher mm. yeah, right so Slasher. that's yeah. the
1: one that's the one i'm sorry my mistake i'm sure there is a movie called strip club massacre out there and i don't, I don't want to besmirch the character of those fine filmmakers anyway uh well here we are we're back again uh, i am on an unprecedented slide so trying to claw my way back Uh, from complete and utter defeat in the face of Adam Myros. But before we jump into our movies this week, uh, Myros, do you want to give us a rules
2: breakdown for this show? Uh, Yeah, let's do a quick rundown. We're only allowed to use what the streaming service provide us. Uh, Usually a trailer, if we're lucky. Uh, We try and stay away from found footage films because they're a little redundant and uh, we like to keep this a real variety show. Uh, we also have what we call the Godfrey Ho clause, which is to say only one film per director, a damn shame because I'm kind of interested in what old Arthur Springer is up to next because I, I know what he's up to and, and, it'd probably be a surefire winner. Uh, <laughs> this also can't be anything either of us have previously seen. So uh, they've got to be fresh for us. So they're fresh for you, the listener.
1: All right. Fair enough. Well. Wow. I guess I guess we're going to start with uh, with your movie, your pick this week, Myros. And um, this was I mean, it, it's pretty impressive. I got to say, like the fact that you you normally spend way too much time researching yours. You really you really put in the work here. And this was kind of a, just kind of a, I guess I'll stop digging around and just and just, you know, use this one. And you chose a little movie called Sex, Drugs and Nasty Nell's. And before we get into what little plot there is here, I just want to say, first impressions, absolutely incredible. (laughs) Um, The the IMDb uh, poster that is displayed on the IMDb page is a flaming cartoon skeleton smashing a guitar into a large speaker. Very cool. Uh, Over on the amazon page uh where this where we're streaming this from uh the trailer is just like two disgusting uh poorly dressed men uh groping some women for like two and a half minutes on some sort sort of like red carpet that's the whole trailer it doesn't tell you a damn thing about the movie it's pretty impressive stuff uh so yeah just just coming in hot out the gate
2: that trailer is definitely what, what, what sold me. I mean, it's, it's oh, yeah. not the most, uh, I I I guess it's a little slicker than what I normally go for, but just something about that energy of just this like faux publicity photo shoot, red carpet type thing with just this bald asshole, like literally just like jiggling a woman's ass for like 30 seconds. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the trailer for your movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess we'll go with this.
1: Yeah. That's uh it's great, man. It's like I don't know what the red carpet is for, but it's I don't know, like the, the Jeffrey Epstein Lifetime Achievement Awards or something. I'm not I'm not sure. It's but it's it's pretty grotesque. It's just it really is just a couple of women standing around and these guys are like, hey hey, wow. And we, you know, one guy is just like some bald Mr. Clean motherfucker in sunglasses. <laughs> and then the other one who we learn upon watching this movie is kind of our main character, um, he's he's some sort of like aging latino punk rocker of sorts i i i don't know he looks like like some guy who played in like a hair metal band that got pretty big on the strip but like never quite made it into the mainstream you know what i mean yeah this
2: movie is essentially like if you're ever wondering what happened to the whole sunset strip scene uh you know 35 40 years on the you're pretty well uh looking at it it's it's just we sort of it. been sitting there dying
1: being baked in the hot sun <laughs> yeah and that's uh that's kind of where we're at but yeah the the whole look of these guys and their attitude towards everything it's just like you, you know yeah i mean on upper echelon you've got your you know your motley crew and your poison and things like that upper echelon meaning in terms of fame not in terms of like how much i give a fuck about these bands <laughs> um And then and then you kind of like move down the line, you get further and further. And all of a sudden it's just like, ooh, the L.A. guns and, you know, down, 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 down. You go slaughter, down, down, down. You keep going down, down, down. And this is that cutoff. It's that exact point where they didn't get signed to a major label, but they still felt like they were getting laid enough and were famous enough and just happened to be there at the time to be something. And they're not. And I don't I honestly I don't even know if these guys were involved in music or, or to what degree, but that's kind of the vibe they give off and we will get into their, uh, their, their various, uh, real world occupations eventually. But I guess Mr. Coleman, what is sex, drugs and nasty Nels all about? Yeah. I'm still not sure
0: to be <laughs> Frank. Um, I really got lost in this one. <laughs> <laughs> just, but just, just
1: riding the the, the vibe wave.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, It's kind of what you say, just aging former rock stars, allegedly, or it seems that way, just kind of trying to live out their glory days and trying to make something very uh, madcap and zany almost reminds me of, like, it's a mad, mad, mad world, but with a bunch of people you don't know.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or like, for that matter. (laughs) (laughs) It's really powerful stuff. Yeah, I, I guess if you had to boil the story down to its essence, it's about this guy, Vince Viper, who we are told uh, was a famous rock star in the 90s, which doesn't make any that sense way. because his <laughs> shtick is 100% 80s. Um, so I don't know why they went with that. If it, it, Maybe it was to make him seem younger than he was. Cause he's, he's very old. Well, and there is like a
2: grunge ruined everything line in this. So maybe by 90s, we mean like, 1990.
1: Yeah, exactly on the dot. Yeah. (laughs) Like that was when he hit peak fame and then, and then Kurt Cobain came and ruined his life. That's possible. I'm just saying like his heyday is clearly the 1980s. Like it's not getting anything twisted here. Um, He is extremely old. Uh, But he does the the different the various tricks where you try to hide that you're old. So he has a big pink mohawk, uh, cool guy hair, you know, you don't normally see that on an old person. Um, (laughs) He dresses in mostly leather. He's got tattoos everywhere. He's got like uh, jewelry. He's got like nine rings on. This is, you know, and then the, the real trick, we call this the old Hulk Hogan move. And that's where you wear sunglasses indoors and out at all times. (laughs) So no one can see your old sad eyes that let the world know that you're just an aging pile of shit with nothing left to contribute to society. And yeah, So he's trying to relaunch his career by getting a band back together with him and, and and kind of turning his life around because, you know, he's fallen on hard times and now he's just a he's just a porn director with nothing to do, really. You know, he just
2: wants to be a, a rock star. Now, uh, this is a digression, uh, admittedly, but I just don't want it to get lost. I don't want to forget about it as we get into the details of this thing, because it, it's all over fucking town. But this music, did did, did you guys notice anything? particular about the song they record a music video for
1: other than it was awful uh no <laughs> uh
2: well there there's a little interlude uh this is a song called the big show and i think this is a rejected wrestling theme for the big show <laughs> uh, because this this stops halfway through it it has like a like a fucking paradise by the dashboard light uh, fucking announcer call in the middle about someone billed at seven foot and 440 pounds. And I was like, what the
1: fuck are we doing? Here? Oh, my God. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, did did they did they actually pitch that? Is that the level that he got to? He was just like, I need to get on, you know, WWE, the music volume nine. It,
0: <laughs> that would uh, make him 90s for sure.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, keep in mind that this is
2: uh, also not anything to do with uh, our our main uh, actor, Vince Kelvin. He's not a musician. I mean, maybe he's a musician, but they're not using his music for this film. This this film uses music from some band called Dive Bomb, which is not a hair metal band. It looks like a fucking new metal band. Honestly, it's like some guy who's like painted in glow paint, head to toe, fucking screaming. I don't know. What this is, I mean, the, the music sounds vaguely hair metal, but the, the look they present is, is very far from that, and, and certainly does not involve uh, Vince Kelvin and his pink guitars and what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But apparently they must have pitched a Big Show theme that got rejected. <laughs> <laughs> It happens to the best of us. I mean, come on. Who, who among us hasn't pitched a, a rejected wrestling theme in their life? That's I would think you would cut is maybe that, that particular specific interlude uh,
2: from from the song in the movie, but that's just me, I guess.
1: No, and, and it is fun to watch uh, Vince Viper uh, do his little rock star shtick because, I mean, he's surrounded by actors and actresses that don't know how to actually play instruments, uh, with the exception of the drummer, who I think is like a legitimate drummer. Uh, but like the the women that he has in his finger quotes backing band in this movie <laughs> they're at least like putting forth an effort to kind of look like they're doing what they're supposed to be uh whereas uh, Vinny viper here is like barely playing guitar at all like it's just it's not even remotely convincing and there's a great part too in this movie like right before they shoot their their music video where he's like i got a special guitar just for this video and the director's like, "Oh wow, can I see it?" He's like, yes, "Yeah, sure." And it's just like a like a, a fucking Hello Kitty pink, like <laughs> fucking, uh, like Squire Stratocaster. This is like a hundred and fifty dollar guitar. This is like this is my first fucking guitar, and that like what? Uh, like, oh, yes I got this special custom guitar. And and he talks. The way he talks is so weird. <laughs> it's kind of like a like a a, a twisted like. Tommy was so, and I, I, I don't even know what it is. There's, there's something very off about this man, and which makes it even more amusing that if you do a little bit of research into our boy here, uh, Vince, Vince Kelvin, um, who plays Vince Viper, Vince <laughs> Kelvin is a pickup artist. Okay, and if you don't know what a pickup artist is, this was, um, it was like a big thing, uh, probably like, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, but uh, there, was, there was that book that was, that was written by uh, like a, a columnist from the New York Times or something, or GQ, and uh, it was like, called like, The Game, and it, it, like, it was basically he, he sort of planted himself in this pickup artist community in Los Angeles and watched these assholes work. Uh, there was a, a short-lived reality TV show, with a pickup artist who was featured in that book, a pickup artist's name was mystery. And it was just a guy who wore (laughs) like dangly earrings and eyeliner and had a big hat. And, uh, yeah. So, and these guys who are mostly old, mostly gross, like looking like physically revolting and then also (laughs) disgusting in their methods, which is just like, they, they're trying to like algorithmically figure out how to fuck any woman they want. Um, you know, through lies, deception, anything they can do. And so, yeah, and they just, they're all just these these comic book character disgusting men who then, your, your typical, like, mouth breather loser guy will then pay these old disgusting clowns to, like, learn how to bang women. And then I guess eventually they can become clown men themselves if they want to be. So that's the whole pickup artist thing. And Vince Calvin is 100% a part of that. But... Uh, anyways i'm pretty sure he's like 900 years old at this point he's ancient he's he's got to be like 60 uh he's gross uh but he's a pickup artist that's what he does so this is a movie about a pickup artist who is pretending to be a rock star who is a porn director in the movie but it also stars porn stars too right like everybody in this movie is a porn star except yeah, for if I,
2: if I had to unlock how this movie exists and why it got made i think the key character here is uh the minor character of antonio played by one mm-hmm. tony dillinger who is is probably the most reprehensible uh on-screen presence uh he is in fact the bald man who is jiggling the ass in in the trailer Ah, uh, but he Tony Dillinger runs some sort of uh, pornography studio. He seems to uh, be a producer slash director of of pornographic films. So I'm gonna guess that a lot of the background acting and uh, the equipment is probably provided by this uh, esteemed gentleman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That makes sense, and you know we're 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 not being overly puritanical here when we're talking. Oh, look at this. Oh, this porn director. I'm just it's kind of weird that this guy probably makes a decent amount of money out of like shooting porn in the valley. And then for some reason he's just like, Damn, what if we got into comedy? That's what we need to do. We need to branch out. So it's weird. And then he he never sheds his, his sleaze persona. Like anytime he's on screen, he defaults to that that like Porn actor mode, where it's just like, oh yeah, you want to act in my movie? Arr! Like he's just about to like gobble these women alive. Um, it's it's weird and it's uncomfortable to say the least. And I, I, Coleman, answer me this because this is the one mystery of this film that I can't figure out. Um, it's it's mostly people just having conversations about how we have to get Vince Viper, you know, back in the limelight, make him a star again. And the big twist aroo is he uh, he meets a woman uh, named Cherry Cunt, right? And old yeah. Cherry uh, <laughs> films them having sex in a shower in one of the most hilariously revolting non-sex sex scenes I've ever seen. If you're into like a guy just like At least humping a wall, brief. this is for you. It is, it is quite brief. It is mercifully brief. Uh, no sex, no actual sex though. So... Then this this video gets leaked online and Vince Viper is very upset because he's got a big wiener and everybody saw it. And this is going to completely derail his career. Why? Why is this the line of logic in the movie? What? what, Why does he care? I'm because he gets very upset. He yells at Cherry Cunt quite a bit over this. Why would a rock star care about a sex tape?
0: Uh, That's one of the great
1: mysteries of this film. And uh, I think that's uh,
0: maybe they thought that that would merit rewatching it. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that uh, maybe that's a very 90s thing. Maybe rock star scandals were. I, I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here.
2: Ask yourself if you would have any fucking idea who Tommy Lee is were it not for the existence of All this right. Like
0: uh, That should have been something that was celebrated <laughs> in this film. Major plot hole
1: hmm. Well, and, and I figured like maybe and it would be out of character for Vince Viper, not that this movie cares about their characters. But I figured that like the sex tape would get leaked and he would be embarrassed like, oh, no, a sex tape of me. Uh, but then it would kind of catapult him to fame. But in reality, he gets mad, even though it's written directly in the script that everybody comments on how big and cool his wiener is. <laughs> and then he succeeds and then people are that he's just like, wow, yeah, I succeeded. And that sex tape didn't even matter. Now my music video has more hits than the sex tape. But it's it's never just like the sex tape doesn't catapult him to fame and it's seen as a detriment. But he like, I don't know, despite it being a, a, a weight, you know, he's, he's somehow able to break free from it anyways. I don't I don't understand anything that's going on here. Um, and we're probably making this sound a little bit more interesting than it is. Because we're talking about, um, I mean, there's there's live musical performances, there's a music video, there's you know porn stars and rock stars and and uh, a sixty year old man with a big pink rooster mohawk. We're we're really selling this hard to you, but I can assure you, this is basically like a kitchen sink drama where everybody just you know stands around talking endlessly about things that have no bearing whatsoever on the plot uh the characters involved nothing it's just like people filling time and space it's it's horribly boring horribly boring
2: yeah i i feel like this movie could have i mean it's not like it could have been good but it, it would have been a lot better if they just kind of focused on something because we're not even talking about what comprises like a good 50 to 60% of this movie which is uh, Charo, uh, and his constant run ins with hitmen and stuff of that nature. But, uh, Charo is another guy, he's like Vince's best pal who works at the uh, porn studio to edit. He's an editor. <laughs> um, this guy, I, he should probably be the main character of the movie you you might as well just make him the aging rock star because a he's much more believable in the role and b he's a much better screen presence than our our friend vince kelvin uh i don't know why he's just like it, it, i guess it's because he just reminds me of bob odenkirk for some reason he, he just comes <laughs> across as like a weird fucking character that bob odenkirk has decided to play and uh I just couldn't get that out of my head the whole time. I'm like, this is just very strange. But um, I don't know. The Charo stuff is both the best and worst stuff in the film because, again, he, he has like a natural sort of charisma that is uh, keeping it afloat a lot better, but also the plot surrounding him is just absolute <laughs> nonsense.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty weird. and And this guy is like uh he's he's the absolute worst kind of he he looks like some aging roadie with like a, a bulbous uh like alcoholic nose a little bit of the rosacea going um his skin is like the surface of the moon but just like with with the color and consistency of beef jerky and again we are treated to him like all these women just want to sleep with him constantly. Oh, no, I had a threesome and my hot wife came home early. What am I going to do? Ah, it's so hard. All I do is sell guns and have sex with beautiful women all day. Ah. <laughs> and, and you look at him, it's just like, motherfucker, you look like you, you got fired from a sitgo station for jacking off in the bathroom. Like, <laughs> you're disgusting. She's what the fuck are you doing? It's it's awful. It's, I, I, and, and the Charo thing, it's like, other than he's he sort of, he's, he's basically like a background character that is elevated to main character status, but his story doesn't contribute in any meaningful way to the overall narrative of Vince Viper trying to like recharge and, and restart his career. Uh, so I, I don't understand it. Other than Charo was their friends, so they probably wanted to give him a big role. Uh but good, well, good for I him. Give
2: him a big role. I think the problem, the, the fatal flaw here is giving Vince the big role because he's just a vacuum. He's fucking yeah. horrible. Like yeah, again, took- if this movie was like Charo, who looks like a fucking burnout, like member of ACDC or something, who's just fucking falling out of the roughest of times. Yeah, it looks like the resurrected corpse of Bond Scott. Yeah, he, he kind of lo- he has a Bond Scott thing going on too. Uh, so yeah, I I I feel like if you just structured it that way and then cut out all the fucking nonsense, you'd be like, oh yeah, this is a uh, totally fine zero budget movie. I I'm like, I mean, it's still kind of by its very nature nasty, but what's let's uh just get rid of these pickup artists and we uh we're taking a step forward that that's a step in a positive direction because there's, mm-hmm. there's not just Vince there's also i guess the main antagonist of the film uh one big mike played by Arash Debazar who is also a, another uh one of these scumbag assholes who's uh, trying to tell you how to seduce women
1: right yeah we love him at least at least he fits the role of a villain Whereas yeah. Vince, I guess, they are supposed to root for. Although I don't understand why entirely. Uh there's there's some great side characters, too. Uh my favorite is uh his name is like Johnny Nitro. He's played by John Darren. Uh and Johnny Nitro is he's not, in fact, a professional wrestler. So uh, you know, get, get you get your head out of that space. But um, he he does look like Ann Ramsey in Throw Mama from the Train like this is the guy that that just you know the, the guy who did way too many drugs and he completely fried himself in the 80s and uh, they're just kind of trotting him out here like who's, who's the guy from Guns N' Roses that just did way too much shit do you know who I'm talking about
0: Steve Adler
1: yes Steven Adler yeah that's the one that's the one he's got Steven Adler vibes where you're just like whoa, feeling bad for this guy. Like, I mean, there's plenty of, like, you see like, oh, here's an interview with Mick Mars. where he's just like, I started a bunch of drugs in the eighties. It was fucking cool. And then I, you know, I fucking blew my loads all over 97 different titties at once. And you're like, okay, whatever, man. And then, but then you see like Stephen Adler, you're like, oh fuck. Like this guy did twice as much as, as anybody else that it didn't go well for him. Uh, yeah. So that's the kind of vibe that this guy gave. off. So, and again, he looks like Ann Ramsey and throw mama from the train. So, uh, I, I don't even know if he has any speaking lines he could still play drums which may just be muscle memory at this point for him but <laughs> it's uh it's it's a rough go just all these guys on screen you're just like i i don't want to spend more than f- fucking 30 seconds in the presence of any of these people like if i if i was like stuck in an elevator with anyone that had even a minor role in this movie i would fucking claw my way through the ceiling of the elevator and just <laughs> climb up the fucking rope to get out just disgusting horrific terrible people who uh, are complete just like space sucks of, of charisma there's there's nothing here that really draws me to any of these people. Uh, and they made a movie that's totally incoherent. So great job, Myros, for once again, choosing something that's kind of like revolting and sad and, and dumb all at the same time.
2: Well, I, I guess the good news is that uh, I'm going to guess concurrently filmed. Uh, they are Arthur Springer and his gang of merry men here, including Vince and uh, I assume probably up yep, a rash, a rash de bazaar also involved here. Uh, they seem to have concurrently filmed a uh, documentary called natural born
1: seducers. Oh God. I'd like to watch that. That'd be fun. I want to see these guys actually work. Like what, what is What is their whole strategy here? Do they just talk to women until they're like completely exhausted? And then they say, well, you know, I don't really want to sleep with you, but if you stop talking and I can just close my eyes so I don't have to look at your pink mohawk. I guess I will. Like is that I, I can't think of any other reason.
2: I feel like maybe their strategy is just to uh loiter around uh their buddy's porn studio and, and <laughs> try to be disgusting. Yeah,
1: I feel yeah, if you if you like hang out in the lobby of a porn studio, you might accidentally have sex with someone. That seems possible. Um I, I, I don't know though, because again, looking at it, old Vince. Nothing about this man screams. Fuckable to me. I don't know. It screams like venereal disease is what it screams. Yeah, he looks. He looks like a like a human, just like a syphilis cell come to life. uh It's <laughs> it's pretty gross. Now, I don't know. It's the other thing is is like, wouldn't making these movies? I'm sure, like in his head, he's like, oh, now I can tell women that I'm like a movie star, and this will help me have sex with them, which is possible. But if, if any of his fans or the people that pay him sums of large sums of money to teach them how to have sex with women, if any of them watch him in this movie, how are they not like, this guy's a fucking clown? How does this not damage whatever reputation he has? If you're supposed to be cool, this is like the least cool thing I've ever fucking seen.
2: Yeah, you would think. Maybe, uh, that, uh, again, that's the great paradox of, of people putting things on Amazon Prime uh, of their own volition for zero profit. It's like, oh, why? Do you really? <laughs> I mean, maybe in theory Vince wants to make this movie so that he can, yeah, say, yeah, I, I starred in a movie. But mm-hmm. it, it works better if no one ever sees the movie, so don't put it on Amazon.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just have an IMDb page, but don't make it readily available. Or put it on Amazon, but make it cost like seven ninety nine. so people are like, mm, I don't think so. I don't have enough yeah. <laughs> free credits to rent that. I don't know. Well, uh, nasty Nels. I'm sorry. Sex, drugs, and nasty Nels. Um, a, a movie with very little sex, very few drugs, uh, a little too much nasty Nell for my taste. does Are there any drugs in the movie? I, I don't, don't think so. Because Vince is sober. So I mean, there's there's lip service paid to like selling drugs at one point because there's that weird bald guy. Uh, Who looks like Christopher Daniels, another wrestler. Not drugs. He's selling fucking guns. Oh, guns. Yeah. My mistake. My mistake. Because he's a
2: bank robber (laughs) and a former rock star who has fallen on rough times and become a a bank robber. Like, I, I realize we ought to move on from this movie, but the subplots, man, there's all of this fucking shit. The entire movie is a subplot. It's just a yeah. series of subplots. There's no action. Mike plot. Is, is abducted by aliens in the third act. I, I, it's just. It's not shown, mind you. It's just described because this movie is a series of scenes with three people standing in a room describing things without a script. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's just such a mess considering how simple you should just make the fucking plot.
1: This guy's trying to make a comeback, the end. And you know we we've really hammered home that none of these guys are they that none of these guys have a, a magnetic scream presence at all, and they're all terrible terrible actors. And so you might be asking yourself, you know, who is the best actor or actress in in this film? And I'm glad you asked because the answer is um, the woman who played the mom in Tommy Wiseau's The Room is in this movie, and she is far and away <laughs> the best fucking talent that they have the woman who like famous is like it's definitely cancer that's like her famous line from the room she is the best actress by a country fucking mile so that's that's where we're at that's where we're at she seems to
2: want fucking nothing to do with this (laughs) which good on her
0: i think they paid her in corona
1: (laughs) That's all they got going on. They got, they got a, we got a fridge full of Corona because of fucking Charo's disgusting home. My God, you got to everybody in this. Cause you, you know, they definitely use like actual, like their houses. So one is like, clearly someone involved in this is a real estate agent. So they just got like some weird porn set house in the Valley. Um, And that's part of it. And then Charo's house is definitely Charo's like actual house. (laughs) Uh, It's just a complete slob pit with like a computer from 1997 in the middle of the kitchen. Fucking disgusting. And then Vince Viper has some horrific like seduction den that looks like it's out of Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's (laughs) it's pretty fucking awful.
0: Charles' place actually reminds me of Lemmy's apartment in that Lemmy documentary. (laughs) that's like how i mentioned like every rock star in la just lives in a shitty apartment
2: yeah Yeah. it's because charo feels uh, again i i just think they should have just built the movie around the motherfucker because he feels authentic to the character they're trying to portray as opposed to fucking vince who is probably the least authentic human on earth Mm -hmm. but yeah they also pulled the the brain trick of uh pretending that someone is rich by renting a fucking expensive sports car
1: (laughs) Yep. And then slowly driving it so you don't fuck it up. It's, it's good. It's really good stuff. Uh yeah, it's it's goddamn ridiculous. And I feel bad for the Charo guy a little bit just because yeah, like like you said, he's he's definitely continuing to try to live that Sunset Strip 1980s lifestyle. Uh, but he, it's, the lifestyle doesn't want anything to do with him. So he's just like, ah, oh, I got to have a, a an apartment on the strip still. I'm never moving out of this place, but there's no rent control. So And, and his finances have been dwindling over the past like three decades. It's not good. Not a good look. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, we should probably move on to our second movie. So uh, from Nasty Nels to something a little more wholesome, <sighs> my film... This week was, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, the kind of movie that everyone should watch. It's called a warm wind and it's about, uh, a, a vet who's come back from Iraq and he's got PTSD and fucked up legs and we got to, we got to take care of the troops, man. And that's, that's the storyline is we gotta, we gotta take care of the troops, man. Um, and if, if the last movie we saw was a, a film where people just kind of sit around talking endlessly for ninety percent of the runtime, then you'll be happy to know that a warm wind is people sitting at a table talking endlessly for a hundred percent of the runtime. And you can hear all uh, the but chewing. But without the every uh-huh. every uh, every morsel, every single morsel, we love it. Have you ever been more disgusted by a combat wounded veteran eating apple pie than <laughs> during <laughs> this film? <laughs> nothing more American. Nothing more disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie was brought to us by Jeff London, who uh, the, the little twist that he adds to this pretty like bog standard support the troops tale is our main character. Not not the not the vet, but uh, the vet's cousin who takes his, his vet cousin into, I don't know, feel bad for him or something. Uh, he's gay. And we know that because there's one throwaway line where their, their uncle's just like, you don't want to live with him. He does gay stuff. And then that's, that's how we know. It's how we know. Uh, But other than that, it's just, it's just about hanging with your boys. And, and one of your boys is a, uh, he looks like a rejected member of a boy band and, he hates the troops, and then your other boy has a Fu Manchu mustache, and he loves the troops, and that's that's about it. They talk and endlessly.
2: I, I think he is also gay, and maybe they fall in love at the end, and it's just kind of vague, but I, I it don't is, know. It is quite vague.
1: Is the third man also gay? The liberal? I don't know. I assume everyone is gay. My My first thought when I started watching this movie is it seemed odd to me because there was a lot of powerful gay energy just kind of like moving through this movie but i thought it was because they had just hired you know uh unpolished gay actors to play very straight gruff men and it wasn't translating but in fact they I, i think all the characters are gay um which for a troops movie is it's a bold choice to say the least because i don't think the kind of audience that would unironically watch a warm wind would necessarily be receptive to the, uh, the tolerance message that, that kind of underpins the, the film. Yeah. I think they would re- reject one of the two messages of the film.
2: Uh, I mean, not that the tolerance is, is particularly forefronted, but, uh, yeah, I, I think if you were going in looking for an LGBT film, you probably don't want to hear about how great the Iraq war was. And if you're going mm-hmm. in watch, you wanted to hear about uh, you know what our troops have done to protect our freedoms. You you probably don't want to hear about those gays.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this is this is from 2011, which at first I was like, oh, maybe that's why it's more Iraq positive than. It it, You know, it would be if it was made today. And I I still think that's true. But 2011 is about 10 years too soon, even for a fucking Republican asshole to be like, man, the Iraq war sure was great. We love that one. Wasn't that one good? The entire time they're like, we're just fighting for your freedom because freedom isn't free. And sometimes, you know, war is just a necessity. You got to do stuff. It's like, no, dude, you literally fought in a war that was the most completely unnecessary shit imaginable. Like you, you cannot fathom like how uh, completely fucking stupid it is that you can't walk anymore. Like it's it's insulting, honestly. Well, I think the most insulting is is when the
2: wounded vet has his uh, like night terrors dream, and then it, it tells this harrowing tale to his cousin about how he, uh, on instruction from his commanding officer, fired some sort of RPG into a, another vehicle. And there was a, a child in there that, I mean, mm-hmm. in the reality of the tale, he, he has killed this child. But the yeah. way he frames it is is that he can't believe that the terrorists believed in something so strongly that they would kill this child. And I'm like, mother I don't think the terrorists killed the child, you sack of shit.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure only one person committed war crimes here <laughs> and he can't walk straight. <laughs> so yeah i I, it's it's got some bizarre politics like this is very i i I don't even know like i i struggle to call it libertarian because i guess it would be like some weird example of like a, a a pseudo progressive socially republican but even those are those barely exist right like the republicans are like well i don't like the gays but uh you know, uh, freedom is important and blah, 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 blah. like it's almost like a libertarian thing. But I think also most shithead libertarians tend to be anti-war, uh, anti-imperialist to a degree. I I don't understand. The politics of this are baffling.
2: The director, Jeff Lennon, seems to be like, this is his wheelhouse, is uh, LGBT type stuff. I mean, I, I'm going to assume that probably his future films also have some uh questionable republican bullshit in him too but I, I my my thought process would be it has to come from the mind of like a, a self-hating gay man mm-hmm.
1: like the log cabin republican right like i yeah. don't i don't understand that like it doesn't it doesn't register with me i don't i don't i don't quite get it um but yeah jeff london great man thanks thanks for supporting the troops
2: uh, maybe like fucking post-process your your film so it doesn't look like the flattest piece of shit you'll ever see in your goddamn life. Like I oh. I can't even barely look at this thing. It's so desaturated and, and hideous.
1: It's it's incredible. Like he really captures. Uh, you know, it's like he brought a, a piece of of Iraq. Uh, back with him from from <laughs> the war you know everything just has this like washed out kind of dull gray uh yellow color to it um it's 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 like staring into a barren desert in it, but with a with the sun blocked out really wonderful uh, i fucking hate this movie <laughs> i i yeah i don't know man i struggle with this i i fucking hate this movie too uh and it's weird because it's not the most incompetent thing that we've ever seen. Like, it functions as a movie, and it's got a clear narrative. Um, it, it It's just that, like, I, I can't believe, for a movie, too, that's, like, trying to talk about the issues and have, like, real emotional conflicts and and, and root it in, in, in the real world, like... Something about this, maybe it's the delivery, even though the acting isn't the worst, or the lines. It's just this bizarre concoction, this this combination that makes it like a fucking sedative. I swear to God, it was just like someone was injecting me directly with just like Benadryl straight into my fucking cerebral cortex, just knocking me out.
2: I think it is is mostly post-production is the big problem. I mean, the big problem with this movie... It could never be something I would ever fucking tolerate under any circumstance, but it is is ruined in post-production. Like, it feels so off. Like, the editing is wrong. Like, they just linger on these conversations. The pacing is just screwed. I don't know exactly what the fuck could have been done, but something about this editing is not right. That it makes every scene feel like, prolonged and awkward and and just hard to watch and and also the color grading for god's sake it's just yeah
1: it's pretty pretty awful stuff uh well i I guess i don't know man It, it really is it's it's boring as shit and there's no major conflict either like you have this main character who takes his wounded cousin in and you think that there's going to be more strife between them. And there's there's a little bit of conflict between this guy and his friends, uh, you know, about, oh, you brought in this guy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm a liberal and I hate the troops and he, you, you shouldn't have a troop living with you. But really, none of the conflict has any stakes. It's not like their friendship is ever on the line. It's it's not like he suffers at all for taking in his cousin and then in the end, he's like, and then I learned a little bit more about the troops and opened my house into the a, a special troop place, a home for the troops. And now we've got more troops. Collect them all. They're like fucking Pokemon. <laughs> and that's it, right? There's there's no, where, where is the conflict here? Where's the growth? There really isn't any. Well, yeah. Any
2: any sources of conflict aren't even in the movie, essentially. Like the, yeah. the friends exit the movie for like the middle hour they're not even in the fucking mm-hmm. thing and same with the uncle like those are the two sources of potential strife and they're just not in the movie like 80% of the movie is just these two guys fucking sitting in an apartment and he's like scrubbing them down in the bathtub or reading them fucking bedtime stories I mean <laughs> the guy isn't <laughs> blind or illiterate Why? Like, why would he want someone
1: to fucking read him bedtime stories <laughs> that's that's what I want like. I, I I love getting a bedtime story because my legs don't work very well. <laughs> Great. It's really good. It's inspiring. I don't know. Coleman, am I missing something here? What What? What the fuck is going on with this movie?
0: I, I don't think you're missing anything. This was fucking torture. Uh, it's just incredibly boring and just looks like shit. Uh, there was that fun song, though, that very uh, pro-troop song. What do you I think it plays when he goes to pick up his or when his cousin when he picks up
1: the cousin. Oh yeah, that, that's like right in the beginning.
0: Yeah, like very like you gotta sacrifice, you gotta do something to that effect. It, it sounds- you gotta
1: shoot an RPG at def defenseless child. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's <laughs> ah. it is a banger though i i would say buy the soundtrack leave the movie that's uh that's my recommendation yeah freedom isn't free is a literal line in this yeah. movie and it's spoken mm-hmm.
2: by the liberal after he comes to that realization and he says i yeah. just i just find myself thinking
0: about the cost as he's masticating apple pie yeah mm, mm,
2: mm, mm. Uh, i'm just it, it's impossible to hear that at this point without fucking going like there's a hefty fucking fee it's exactly just, it, it's been ruined uh you can't say freedom isn't free in two thousand eleven friend no nope. doesn't work yeah I don't know this thing feels like it wants to take a both sides approach to like the Iraq war but it it doesn't it just immediately is like oh you don't believe in war fuck you motherfucker the <laughs> troops are here to save your freedoms and all you do is sit around playing goddamn video games all day it's like what the <laughs> fuck
1: is <this> there <laughs> You can't play your goddamn Donkey Kong if we're not funding the Contras, all right? It's just... (laughs) (laughs) Cool? (laughs) I think... I don't know if those two things are completely related, but thanks, movie. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, this is a pile of shit, and there's not really much to say about it. It is absolute, like, wheel-spinning bullshit. Um, Normally, when we watch bad movies that are of this ilk, they don't bother to write dialogue. They'll usually just treat us to more shitty music um you know some acoustic guitar like uh just folk rock nonsense and then we'll get like a montage of them like oh look we're playing in the pool we're reading stories now this this movie takes us through every excruciating beat of of their day-to-day life in real time so uh it is just terminally boring it is very very difficult to sit and, and watch this and i had to i had to really focus if you ever think about you know who are the real troops And a lot of you are probably saying that right now. And the real troops are probably us because of, like, what we had to sacrifice watching a warm wind. So thank me for my service.
2: I, I, you know, I, I can't sleep most nights. I... I have yeah. terror dreams about this fucking shit.
1: All the guys. Yeah, you don't back. think I fucking wake up screaming, thinking about like the strip club slasher and <laughs> Nutty's fucking cheeseburger and a nap? You think you think I don't have fucking night terrors? Because I do. Oh, it's, it's a hard life we've chosen.
0: <laughs> it is.
1: Every time I turn this fucking... This, every time I, I flip it to Amazon Prime, it's like an IED being detonated in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I don't think there's much more to say about a warm wind, to be honest. It just fucking sucks. So, uh, you know, I guess final defense, I will say, uh, with, with a warm wind... there's really, I mean, look, look at the the time difference and how much we've talked about these two movies In a warm wind. It There's nothing to talk about. It is, I I would argue the blandest shit imaginable, like throw away. It's dumb politics and the way that it looks, it's just, it is terminally boring. And even if it's not like a a complete formal disaster in terms of how it's constructed as a film, it's goddamn awful. Like it, it, it has been a very long time since we've watched something that dragged this badly uh and everything else is just is just you know a cherry on top of the shit sunday so uh yeah for for the purpose of pure uncut boredom, a warm wind is clearly the worst film so myros why uh, go go to bed now for sex drugs and nasty nails no. I
2: I'm, I'm not going to. I I will not. Uh, you you win this week. I I fucking hate your movie. I fucking hate it. You want to get under my skin, make a fucking rah-rah troops movie and uh, this this thing is fucking disgusting to me. A, it's it's among the most boring films we've ever watched for caustic content, which is a, a whole different classification. Uh that is that is saying something tremendous. I, I it, it's just aggressively boring i i could not pay attention to this fucking thing and the only time i was is because i was getting so goddamn angry <laughs> so <laughs> no i at least with sex drugs and nasty nels, i could sit there and and pretend i was watching a weird bob Odenkirk <laughs> <No, laughs> sketch uh i don't know like some alternate universe mr show fucking thing uh but instead I was watching Nasty Nels. It was bad. It was disgusting. It it has the stink of of a lot of exploited sex work and also super seducers. But that being said, I, I sat through it no problem. I, I It passed the time. This fucking thing. Jesus. You you have 90 minutes left on this earth and you want to make them feel like a, a year? Then pop on a warm wind. Mm-hmm.
1: Agreed, agreed. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm going to take the W this week, but I'm curious, uh, Mr. Coleman, where did you land this week? Oh, what's what's the worst film?
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. A uh, warm wind for sure. It's not even a film. <laughs>
1: it's just people talking and chewing food.
0: And, yeah, if if anything, it's just for the fact that their love mics are so close that you can just hear all the chewing it's like stirring macaroni it's absolutely disgusting <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even the worst part of the film but it's enough it was enough to make me say like okay this week i already have a winner
1: that's that's beautiful that makes me feel good you know like i said i've, I've been on a slide lately feels good to be back in the winner's circle so i'm gonna i'm gonna take my w man uh and i i salute you gentlemen for making the right choice you know <laughs>
2: Uh, it had to be done. It had. I hate to break my massive five five week win streak here, but uh, it had to be done. This you, I I thought maybe I had something with nasty nails, but warm wind it sneaks up on you because it it feels yeah like it's it's kind of competent. In at least when they were shooting it, whoever shot this film and uh, cast this film, they did a competent job. Congratulations. Uh, Whoever wrote this film and uh, handled the editing and color grading, fuck you,
1: fucking die. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm landing on it. Yeah, (laughs) you nailed it. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, do us a big favor and uh, yeah, check out the links that are in the description. One will take you to our Patreon page. And if you want to throw us a couple bucks every month, uh, that will unlock a bunch of exclusive Optimism vaccine content for you. And uh, we got more content coming soon as well. And also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mail you a free movie from my personal collection until I run out of shit to give away. So, uh, yeah, give us some money and you'll get some free shit. How great does that sound? Uh, other than that, you can also click the other link, which will take you to our iTunes page. And there you can give us a five star written review. And that helps with algorithms and stuff. So we're more discoverable. Or you can you can email us optimism at gmail.com and why would you do that well maybe you've you've you know you got a movie suggestion for us we're always open to suggestions uh maybe you're one of the filmmakers here you can contact us man you could also contact us at optimism vaccine on twitter uh, we are. We would love to interview you if you are the guy who made a warm wind um, so you can Ugh. explain your bizarre <laughs> politics to me. Uh, if you are a disgusting pickup artist and you can explain to me how you sleep with 23-year-old women despite being a 60-year-old man who dresses like a, a leather bound rooster, uh, we, yeah, just reach out to us. We'll talk to you. We've talked to filmmakers in the past. Why not? Um, and I think that about wraps it up. So uh, we will be back again in two weeks.